This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Hallelujah. Good to be in the house of God this morning. Praise the Lord. I want to thank Pastor Theon Bear for this opportunity that I have of ministering to you this morning. Um, it's been a while. Just got back from Cuba. Um, we'll be showing you that AV sometime in the future about what God did on the island of Cuba. And um, Pastor Theo asked me to express his thanks to Christian Family Church Johannesburg. In fact, all the Christian Family Churches around the world that sowed into this wonderful initiative. Literally, a country is being changed as a result of your giving and the gospel of Jesus Christ. So to those of you that are watching live on YouTube or Facebook, I'd like to welcome you. And I pray that the word this morning would encourage you as much as it's stretched and challenged me. Um, so you're in good company, and this word is for me as much as it is for anybody else. So praise the Lord. Can we just open up in prayer, and let's just commit this word to the Lord. Father, we come before you this morning in the precious and wonderful name of Jesus. Thank you that we can gather around your word. Your word is truth. Your word is life. Father, you promised to accompany your word with signs following. Very encouraging to us this morning, Lord, since I'm going to be teaching on the subject of how to position yourself for promotion or how to get promoted, I really believe, Lord God, that you would release a spirit of favor and promotion upon the congregation of Christian Family Church and everyone that's watching via our YouTube channel in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord God, that this will culminate in a wonderful move of God where people will prosper, the church will prosper, souls will be saved, and Lord God, that we ourselves can become even more generous towards you and your work. And all those who agreed said... Amen. Praise the Lord. How many of you are ready for the word? I'd like to thank the praise and worship team. You guys are so wonderful. The Lord richly bless you. Okay, yeah, give him a hand. That's wonderful, hey? Hey, good. By the way, how many pastors, where are all our pastors over here? Voluntary pastors, full-time pastors, wannabe, no, not wannabe pastors. Where's our pastors? Won't you stand to your feet right now, please? All the pastors, stand to your feet right now. Just stand. Everybody, all of you that are in full-time or voluntary, stand. Listen, these guys, I want you to know, congregation, that even though we pastor through groups, these guys are here for you, okay? They are here full-time for you, to help you, to nurture you, to love you, to grow to you, care for you. Keith and them have been around, Cindy have been around for donkey's years. So they are very qualified, very anointed. So at any given time, any of these pastors are available to love you and to serve you. You can approach any of them at any time, especially Pastor Greg and Tracy. They don't have much to do, so any problems, <laughs> I'm just kidding, I'm just, I'm just kidding. It's overseas the congregation. So praise the Lord, let's give our pastors just a, just a bit of appreciation. Um, we love you guys, and thank you for your service. The Lord richly bless you. Okay, so let's get into the Word. Now, this is going to be two parts, how to get promoted today, and then tonight I'm going to be teaching on it. And tonight specifically, I really am trusting the Lord to to release, as I said, a spirit or an anointing to promote people in Jesus' wonderful name. Not only within the kingdom, but also in the secular workplace. How many of you could do with a promotion in 2019? Can I see your hands? Okay, wonderful. So God promised to accompany his words with sign following. Lord, I'm putting you a bit on the spot. And I'm asking you to show up tonight and just bless your people, not because we've earned or deserved it, but really just because of your mercy. <laughs> Can someone say, God, have mercy on me? Hallelujah, hallelujah. So that's going to take place this evening. I'd like to encourage you to come back. But let's tackle the word this morning as I deal with part number one. Turn with me in your Bibles, please, to Luke chapter 12. We're going to be reading from verses 16 through to 21. Luke chapter 12, 16 through 21. Then Jesus spoke a parable to them saying, 
the ground of a certain rich man. You want to underline that in your Bible. Say a certain rich man. Say it with me. Say a certain rich man. That means that Jesus over here is speaking about someone specific. I believe personally. I believe the person that Jesus is speaking about over here in Luke is spoken about three times in the Bible. The very first time this certain rich young ruler came to Jesus, remember? He said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And the Lord says, obey the commandments. He said, all these I've done. And Jesus said to him, but one thing you lack, give all you have to the poor, come and follow me. And the Bible says the rich man, his head was downcast and he walked away. That was his first encounter with Christ, I believe. This is the second time that Jesus makes mention of him, which we're going to be taking a look at in a moment. And then the third time this certain rich man is mentioned is when a certain rich man and Lazarus died. You remember that? The certain rich man, where was he? He was in hell while Lazarus was in Abraham's bosom. I personally believe this is the same man in all three accounts. Although his name is not mentioned, for me personally, it mentions a certain rich young ruler, I believe it. So let's get into the mid part of his life as Jesus begins to teach. Now, what I'd like to do in the first part of this message is I want to deal with a heart attitude of how to position ourselves for promotion. You're going to see there are qualification criteria within God's word that positions us for promotion. The Lord can't promote you unless these things have aligned themselves in your heart and your attitude towards God. So let's continue reading. Well, let me start again. It says, then Jesus spoke a parable to them saying, the ground of a certain rich man yielded plentiful. And he thought within himself saying, what shall I do? Since I have no room to store my crops. So he said, I will do this. I will put down my barns and build greater. And there I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. He thought his retirement was secure. It was taken care of. Then he says to himself, speaking to himself, take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God, can someone say, but God, so this man thought he was in a very, very secure place. He had worked hard. In actual fact, he thought, I'm going to expand one more time, and then I promise you the world is my oyster. I'm going to retire in the Bahamas, and I'm just going to live off the produce of what I have produced for myself. But God said, fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then Whose will those things be which you have provided? Jesus goes on to say, So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. The first point I'd like to make as we take a look at the subject of how to be promoted is that we need to have the right perspective before we can ever hope for God to promote us. Can someone say right perspective? And I'm talking about perspective towards God and I'm talking about perspective towards finances and possessions. This rich man's perspective was completely skewed. And even when Jesus told him what he needed to do in order to inherit eternal life, he walked away from Jesus with a mindset of still wanting to have 
more. You see, this parable really helps us bring life into the right perspective. You see, this rich man, in this story, he failed in three specific areas. Three. <laughs> Got to get that right. Three specific areas. He failed, number one, to recognize that he was only a steward and not the owner of his goods. You possess and you own nothing. And I know, listen, I know it's just as difficult for me to constantly be aware of that as for anybody else. But we own absolutely nothing. In actual fact, if you read Acts chapter 2 and verse 42, when the believers in the revival started getting saved after the resurrection of Jesus, the Bible says that one of the first signs of their salvation and their change in nature was that they came together, sold everything they owned, they owned, sold it all, and used those funds and gave it to the poor. So one of the first signs of someone who's really met Jesus and has really changed and has stepped into the kingdom mindset is someone who's constantly aware that they don't actually own anything. And if you don't own things, things will never own you. The second thing is that he failed to have an eternal perspective. He honestly thought this life is everything there was. He was looking forward to resting. He didn't mention heaven. There was no mention of God whatsoever. And this is another thing, folks. When we've got the right perspective, when we have an eternal mindset as opposed to a temporary earthly mindset, when we have an eternal mindset, we hold very loosely to the things of this world. If however our life is wrapped up in what we possess, what we do, what we buy, and how we spend, we will always hold tight to the things we think we own. I've met people that are so guarded with their possessions, they won't lend out something even to a family member or a friend in case it gets damaged. You don't own that thing. And Jesus said, if someone asks freely, give. Now, there are those that will abuse that. There are those that will abuse that. I just heard the story the other day of a pastor was walking up to the waffler and a group of people were sitting around the table. And so they called out to the pastor. They said, come and pay for our meal. They could afford it. Come and pay for our meal because Jesus said, give to those who ask. Now, you're going to get people that are really going to try and milk that thing. The right perspective. If we have an eternal perspective, we hold very loosely to the things of this world. Say that with me. Say this. I hold loosely to the things of this world. Which means, you know what? You don't have a grip on it like this. It means that it comes and it goes. Because we understand that we actually own nothing. And anything we do have was given to us by God anyway. If you don't own things, things will never own you. And the third thing was that he failed to consider how brief his earthly life really is. The Bible says it's a vapor. I was making coffee this morning and watching as the steam came out the kettle. Just when you think you see it, it's gone. That's our life. And what we do in that split second will determine how we spend the rest of eternity. Can you imagine if our focus is on things in that vapor, how that will rob us from eternity, just like it did with that rich young ruler who ended up on the other side of where Lazarus found himself. 
And you know the truth is, he even went to hell and stayed greedy. His perspective wasn't even changed while he was burning in the flames. He said, please send, send Lazarus to dip his, water in in, in tongue, his t finger in water just so he can come and cool my tongue. That's why Jesus said it's easier for the camel to pass through an eye of a needle and for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. He's not talking about people having things. He's talking about the, the things that have people. He says those people are difficult to change. The only way to be free from that mindset is to give away and return to the Lord what belongs to him. Now we need to know everything's God's, but God doesn't expect everything. That's a strange thing. He wants us to know that everything belongs to him. But he doesn't expect us to give everything. He just expects us to return a tenth and to give our offerings. Give our lives, yes. So we need to learn from this mistake, all of us, and make sure that our life is in the proper perspective. That we view life in the light of eternity and how we live our life with possessions here on earth will really determine how we spend eternity. But more so, how we deal with possessions right now will determine whether we get promoted or not. Because I only want a promotion that comes from God. Can someone say amen? I only want a promotion that comes from God. I don't want a promotion that's based upon my charisma. Because charisma will get you there, but only character and anointing can keep you there. And the problem is some people have become so frustrated because their promotion hasn't happened when it should be because their dependence was on man to promote them. If you will do this, guard your heart and make sure that you are in the right place, God will take care of that promotion. Do you trust him? That is the essence of the Christian life, is to truly recline your weight on the Lord. If you haven't been promoted yet, it's one of two reasons. Maybe it's not time or maybe you're not ready. But both of those, God can fix. Say this, I'm about to get promoted. <laughs> Come on, say it boldly, I'm about to get promoted. Hallelujah. After all, take a look how this man functioned. He didn't realize who it was that made the sun to shine. Take a look at the few words that he spoke in a very short declaration. Remember, it's interesting to me what Jesus remembers this man saying in his own heart. In the short declaration that we read, he uses the word I six times and the word my five. I, 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 me, me, me. Sounds a lot like the devil, right? I will exalt myself above the throne of the north. I will sit in the throne. I... I, I, and I preached this before, what is it that, G, that Paul said, I have been crucified with Christ, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me, and the life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave, Jesus said, my Father, not my will, not mine, but yours be done, but yet we have a man who's all about I, 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 and my, 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 my bonds, I will do this, I will decide. Listen, how much do you really depend? How much do we really depend on Jesus every single day? Have we got into the habit of perhaps making our own decisions where we want to stay, how much we want to give, instead of consulting with the Lord? A very sobering portion of scripture. So he uses the word I six times and my five times. His perspective was completely selfish. 
There is no thanksgiving towards the Lord for anything. There is no humility in saying, God, I don't deserve any of this. In an actual fact, if anybody didn't deserve it, he didn't because he was so selfish, yet he still prospered. The Bible says his land was fruitful. Your prosperity is no gauge of your spirituality. So his perspective was extremely selfish. And here are a few questions I think he should have pondered on. Number one, who gave the rain that made his crops grow? Because without it, he would have nothing. Who made the soil out of which his crops grew? Because out of it, he would have been left with only a seed to eat. Who made the seed he planted? Who caused the sun to shine? And who gave him the physical strength to go out and work in his field? Who gave him his own soul? This man was so selfish, he even spoke to his own soul. He was so filled with self-satisfaction. He said, listen, I'm in control of my life. I decide where I go, where I live, what church I attend, how much I wanna give, who I will marry, how many kids I will have. I will decide what their names will be. I, 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 I. The only thing I is good for is the cross. So the answer to all of these questions I posed is God, yet he makes no acknowledgement of God in his speech, in his planning, or in his giving. No mention of God. He should have been thankful for all the blessings that God had given him and asking the Lord what he would have him do with them because that's the true heart and the nature of a steward. A steward only looks after something that belongs to someone else. And of all the things that we as believers possess, let me ask you this question as I had to ask myself as I was confronted with the scripture. Is everything I own truly in my mind God's? Or have I perhaps been deceived to believing that what I possess is actually mine? Because the moment that happens, it's a very fine line, but the moment that happens, you begin to become more independent of God. So be faithful to acknowledge God and to ask Him, what would He have you do with the resources that he has given you to take care of. What does Jesus want you to do? Listen, do you believe that God predestined you before the foundation of the earth? Do you believe God mapped out your life before the foundation of the world? Do you believe that? Show me your hands if you truly believe that. Those of you that are watching online, do you really believe that God fashioned you? Do you really believe that God, before the creation of the world, was looking for a team? You know, when you were in school, you were looking for a team, and if you got the right to pick the team members first, you got to choose the strongest, right? You got to choose one, one, one. You got to choose. God, before the foundation of the world, the Bible says, was picking a team. Guess what? You were on it. <laughs> he picked you. He picked me. He picked you. You said to me, but Pastor Andre, I didn't rock up on this team in the best circumstances. I was born out of wedlock. I mean, I, 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 was, a, I was as a result of my mom being raped. I don't know. that. Surely that was not part of God's plan. Listen, it does not matter how you rocked up. It matters that you rocked up. 
I remember going to my matric dance. My mom, my mom dad didn't have a lot of money. My dad's car was a was a luminous green, like our cameraman shirts. A luminous green Datsun 120Y. Datsun. We used to call it a dustbin. A Datsun 120Y. I rocked up to my matric after party, my prom, in a Datsun 120Y when all my friends rocked up in Porsches and Maseratis and BMWs and Mercedes. I didn't rock up the best way, but guess what? I was the prom king. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. I was, okay, back then they called it the bow of the ball, but that just doesn't sound as good as prom king. But I was voted prom king. So it doesn't matter how you show up. The fact is that you showed up and God can do something. Can someone say amen? So if you really believe this, if you really believe the word of God to be true, you must understand that it's all mapped out for you. Your promotion was already set in concrete before the foundation of the world. Because not only did God plan you, but he also destined the works for you to walk in. We'll look at that scripture in a moment. The Lord's got it all mapped out for you. I don't know about you, but that makes me sleep easy at night. When I put my head down on the pillow and my soul is well with the Lord, I think to myself, I may not be where I wanna be, but God is busy working, He's busy doing something, and there's gonna be a promotion just around the corner. Not because I've deserved it, but because I trust Him. You see, the grass roots, the nuts and bolts of it is this, that if you really believe that God created you and destined you in love. You have to believe that promotion will come at the right time. And if your heart attitude is completely dependent on the Lord, not on man, the devil wants to get you into that realm. You see, if you're a giver, you're translated into the kingdom of light. You're no longer in the kingdom of this world, in this world system. You can't be trapped here. You can't. The devil wants to pull you back in there because then you begin to take a look at what man can do for you. And when you are turned down for promotion, you think to yourself, well, you know what? This man doesn't consider me the way he considers everybody else. Let me tell you, you've lost your way, my friend. You've lost your way. Because either your trust is in God or your trust is in man. But if you fall back to that place where you believe that man can impact God's call and his destiny for your life, you've just gone and switched your trust. You've gone and traded your trust for something else. And I want to encourage you this morning that if you really are dependent and trusting in God for promotion, we have to get the right perspective. We have to understand that it is all mapped out for us. Look at Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 5. The Bible says this to Jeremiah. And listen, this applies to you and me. It's the same truth that's applicable to anybody else just as it is. In Jeremiah 1 and verse 5, he says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. God, think about that. He knew you. But if he knew me, then he would know what a muhu I am. Yes, he knew you. Warts and all, he knew you, and he still picked you for his team. I love what Pastor Bev says in the AV in a moment, you're going to see it. She says, Moses' weaknesses did not disqualify him from the call of God. Let me tell you, your weaknesses and shortcomings do not disqualify you for promotion. Can someone say, praise the Lord? He knew you. Say this, God knew me. He says this, I, before I formed you, I knew you. 
Before you were born, I sanctified you. That word means God has given you the provision and the power that you need to live a life that pleases him. He says, I sanctified you. I saw the muhuchet and I made up for it. And I did it. I sanctified you. And then he says, I ordained you. After he knew you, your strengths and your weaknesses, and he sanctified you, gave you the power to live it out. The Bible says, then he called you and ordained you and he positioned you. And he says, that's where you will live. That's when you will get promoted. That's when you will succeed. And that's when you will meet me in glory. It was all done. I ordained you. Before Jeremiah was born, God had his destiny, including his promotions, planned for his life. All worked out. All of it was worked out. I must just ensure, we must just ensure that we are continually positioned of, in a place of trust every single day. In Ephesians 1 and verse 4, look at what it says here. It says, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him. God knew you before you were ever existing. Just confirming the truth I've spoken about in Jeremiah. Look at this in Ephesians 2.10. It says, for we are his workmanship. How many of you believe you were created by God? Can I see your hands? And fundamentally, nobody doesn't believe it. I believe every Christian knows that we are God's workmanship. The struggle we have sometimes is in, this let, is in the latter part of this verse. It says this, he says, for we are created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand. Listen to me. God not only prepared you and created you, he prepared your works and created them. He says it's done, just walk into it. Just, you came into church today, you didn't have to cover the seats, you didn't have to switch on the mic, you didn't have to come up and praise and worship on the stage, you didn't have to prepare anything. This was prepared for you before you arrived. You just walked in. Your destiny God has for you. Just walk in. Understand that just like He created you, He created your future and every good work. All it takes, it's a simple shift. And that shift is called trust. It gives me great comfort to know that the Lord has taken care of all of this. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com.